Yay! We all like cheer when the penguin finally gets in the water, right? Are you, are you ever like that? Indecisiveness. Oh, boy. I said, man, I thought we'd talk about stress last week. We did. We're going to talk about it again this week. Because we deal with a lot of it. Before I begin with my sermon on, uh, on stress and about how, to, how God thinks about what we think, Tuesday is a very special day in this nation. It's a very important day in, in my family, I know. Um, I have several family members that have, that have served and some have died in, in battle for our country. And uh, that's something that we don't take lightly here. Sacrifice is a big deal. We concentrate biblically about the sacrifice that God gave His Son. Uh, there's a very real physical sacrifice of men and women in this country for our country. If you, were, uh, if you are a veteran, you don't, you don't become a non-veteran. If you, were, if you are a veteran, would you just please stand real fast, real quick, so we can acknowledge you this morning. Thank you. You guys can be seated. I want to I begin with a word, a word of prayer, because I think it's very, very important um, that we don't forget this, that we don't forget what, what goes on on Tuesday. It's not just a day off of work, if you have a day off work, and it's not just a day to go to work, if you have to go to work. So we're going to talk about being indecisive today. Some of those people didn't have a choice. It's not like, hey, are we going to go, or are we not going to go? Some of them said, hey, uh, the government said it's time, it's time to go, so they went. We're going to find out what our God says about being followers of Christ. And when he says go, what, what should we do? So if you would just bow your heads with me. God, we thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for just the ability to be here uh, with this group of people. God, to listen to music that glorifies you, that brings honor to your name. God, it's not just about sounds and, and beating on drums. It's God, it's about worship. And I ask right now, God, that you start with me. And everybody else in here, God, that you just find us to be clean this morning. I ask you to just remove all the stuff from this week so we can get into your word, so we can understand, because we're going to talk about not being able to be receptive. God, I ask this morning that ourselves, our minds, our bodies, our hearts, that we can be receptive today. God, that we can really, really dig into what you want us to have, what you want us to know this morning. God, allow us the opportunity to just hang out with each other, enjoy a comfortable building popcorn and coffee together, and we relax, and we dive into your word. We thank you, God, for what you're already doing, what you've already done, how you've already spoken. In your name we pray. Amen. Yesterday, I had the opportunity. I told you there's going to be three of them. If you missed the first one, it's okay. There's going to be two more. But yesterday, Connection did what we call community loving activity. We encountered Mount Vernon yesterday. Connection encountered Mount Vernon. If you want to hear some really funny stories, I'm not going to share them right now, but we may or may not have had people doing some kind of dance to get people to come in to the, to the, to the gas station. We gave away gas yesterday. In a world that says, take, 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 climb the ladder, get what you can out of life, Connection sought to do this. Yesterday, we took an amount of money, and we gave $10 of gas to every vehicle that came in until we ran out of money. 
$10. Now, I told you last week and the week before that, you know, $10 just seems, yeah, maybe we could do more. Listen, listen, we encountered almost 100 vehicles yesterday. And there's normally not just one person in the vehicle. So we're talking a minimum of 100 because we didn't get any vehicles without drivers. <laughs> so at 8.30, this has never happened before. This has never happened any time. I don't believe we were talking about this yesterday. Any time ne- we've ever done the gas- gasoline giveaway, this has never happened. Sometimes the information gets leaked about what we're going to do, where we're going to be, and people just show up early. That's what we thought happened yesterday. And my buddy named Clark shows up. Clark's an African-American gentleman. He, he pulls up in his red Dodge truck right there, and, and Amanda did a great job yesterday. If you haven't told her so, do that. She did a good job. And we were sitting there, and we were, we were receiving orders from our boss. Okay? And, and she has to give me a lot of orders, okay? Because you know, go spacey a little bit. But Clark pulls up right beside me, and I said, can I help you, man? He go, listen, sometimes that information has gotten leaked out, and they just, they, they, they just show up. This is 8.30. We don't start till giving away till 9. I'm thinking, this guy's way too early. There's going to be 1,000 people parked in this parking lot real quick. And if you've ever done one, you understand. Listen, if you think that connection has not impacted Mount Vernon, I want you to listen. He didn't say, when can I get gas? He said this. Can I help? Can I help? Not only are we making impacts in Mount Vernon and we're meeting people where they are with getting $10 worth of gas, this guy pulls up, evidently had seen it before, now, did Clark get gas in his vehicle? Clark got gas in his vehicle, okay? He did. But Clark has also done something that we've never seen in, at, a, at a gasoline giveaway. Not only was Clark washing the windows, Clark was washing the mirrors on the side, the back glass, polishing chrome. He was even buffing the wheels. And I thought, hey, this is pretty good publicity. <laughs> There was a, I don't know what it was, a Yukon, great big black jacked up thing, awesome, huge, like 35 inch tires, great big huge chrome rims, and, and Clark, Clark just makes a beeline over to that pump, <laughs> and he goes, I like your ride, <laughs> and he proceeds to, there is not any speck of dirt on any window on that vehicle, and then he starts on the wheels. And I was like, Clark, we got, we got to let this guy go. we got more people. But he showed up and he said, how can I help? I want, you to, I want you to understand these things aren't going in vain. Connection just doesn't throw money out there and it goes away. Listen, we're meeting people where they are. Somebody made a mention to me. Well, I know Clark showed up to, to work and he still got gas. Let me tell you something. We don't leave that up to us. If we do a touch someone's life gift where we take that offering and we go out and give it away and we pass those envelopes in here, sooner or later, somebody in here is going to need some of that money. And like I've said from here, if you need 10 bucks, why don't you take it? See, we take our hands off of it. We don't do it for us. We don't have a church that has four walls. Connection is not a place. Connection is not a place. See, we do things that we try to be relevant. So if you helped, thank you. It was a blast. Yeah, you probably got tagged in a silly picture on Facebook. That's okay. 
There was a serious one too. It's okay. Just, just hide the other one. But I want to say thank you. If, you. if you missed out yesterday, if you had to work, here's the deal. There's more opportunity. November 22nd. I know what some of you, some of you are thinking. Well, that's Saturday of deer season. It is. But we're going to be giving away something else. So please keep, come next Sunday, you'll find out where you can meet uh, our leader for that. But then November 22nd and December 13th, right before Christmas. My dad worked in the grocery store for over 30 years. And if you get to Thanksgiving or Christmas, his, his easiest way he can explain it, when I ask him, how was your day? He said, Matthew, when we get around Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's like people have lost their minds in the store. He goes, they ask me where the milk is. The milk hasn't moved in 15 years. <laughs> This is a time of year where people are lonely. This is a time of year where people have to prepare. They're in an expense. We met people yesterday. I can't believe you're doing this. I heard one guy say this. My church needs to do something like this. See, I'm, I don't know where the guy goes to church. But we probably, say, we probably pray to the same God. We probably worship the same God. It's okay. If his, if his church wants to do that, we're just doubly impacting Mount Vernon. I can't wait to see the next couple weeks who shows up. But some of us got up this morning, and it wasn't a matter of this. It wasn't a matter, are we going to go to church? Yeah, we're going to go to church. But indecisiveness might have snuck into your household like this. Yes, I'm going to go to church. I know that. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go. I'm going to worship at Connection. Then comes this. What am I going to wear? Guys are not excluded from this argument okay now we get up and we think oh man what do i do there's often times in life where you've asked yourself these questions if you're older you probably ask yourself these questions if you're younger you're going to ask yourself these questions in a little bit okay now which way do i go if me and Mary are in St. Louis, I, I like driving in St. Louis. And some of you are going, oh my goodness, there's a whole bunch of crazy one-way streets. I don't mind driving in St. Louis. Now, why? Because I've driven in St. Louis since I was 16. It's, that doesn't scare me. Driving in Evansville, not a fan. I don't know why. But which way do I go? Mary said, do you want to go this way or do you want to go this way? Well, which way's faster? See, when we go to Missouri, Mary likes to go 273, 70 down and get by Mid Rivers Mall and shoot over on 70. Me, I like St. Louis. We're going Martin Luther King Bridge down by the Trans World Dome, shoot on 70. Pew! Literally, I don't say that, though. When I'm in my pew, I don't do that. <laughs> but it's indecision. Where, which way do we go? Which way do we go? Now, there are some times where my way is quicker. There are often times when there's traffic downtown, Mary's way is quicker. See, it's which way do we want to go? What job should I apply for? Some of us honestly will say this, God, I want to honor you in the decisions that I make, but I don't feel like you're giving me the answer. Which way do I go? Now, all we know is indecisiveness leads to, I don't know what I'm doing, leads to asking a whole lot of questions, leads to stress out. We talked about stress last week. We can't possibly cover stress in one week, so we make it two. We have trouble with making decisions. This is an easy question. For some of us, it's an easy question. Are we going to get up and go to church today? Yes. What are you going to wear? Hard. <laughs> Hard. At Connection, we do have the dress code that we talked about last week. Connection's dress code is this. Wear clothes. Socks are optional, but we please wear clothes. Husband and a wife are going out on a date. 
By the way, I think that's very biblical, and you should take, you need to take your wife out, take your husband out for a date. Go eat. Go to a movie. There's people in this church that watch your kids. Call them. I'm not joking. Ask my wife how many dates we go on in a week. It's probably three or four. Oh, man, Matt, you spend a lot of money. Now we put the kids to bed, and our date is, involves popcorn and watching TV. So you can do that without going out. Have a date with your wife. But you, ask, you go out to eat, and you, and you go out to eat, and, and then you go to the movie theater. And this is a great question to ask. What do you want to see? Number one top answer. I don't care. Yes, you do. Which one? That's when it gets hard. Do you want to see a movie? Yeah. Which one? I don't care. Okay, we don't. Yes, we do. But we don't want to say it. Okay. You want to see something funny, romantic, action, thriller, animated, or tearjerker? You want to watch a chick flick? See, oftentimes I'll watch what Mary wants to watch. And often that's not like the movie 300, which I'd rather watch 300. Mary wants to watch, I don't know. It's just not 300. (laughs) Would you like to go eat somewhere? Yes, I'm starving. This has to be like the number one top fight of husband and wives of all time. Do you want to eat? Yes, I'm starving. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. (laughs) They can be the guy or the girl. I don't care. Mary, Mary would be like, pick somewhere. I said, okay. How about Subway? Oh, I don't want to eat there. Okay, so you did. <laughs> See, you're, you're, you're laughing. You're laughing, and, and I'm glad we're laughing today because laughter gets away with our stress. It gets away. When you start laughing, you start feeling better. You're laughing because you know everything that I just said is true. This doesn't just happen in the Griswold car. It doesn't. Yes, I'm starving. I want to eat. Where would you like to eat? I don't care. What about Applebee's? No. <laughs> Cracker Barrel? No. Sonic? No. Red Lobster? Uh, no. It usually ends with this. Will you just tell me where you want to eat? A lot of times, it ends up being the first place that we talked about. That way we just go that way. But indecision. Can we, can we not agree? Indecision makes, it causes a lot of stress. It does. It, it messes with us. Not only the person being asked where to eat was stressed, the person that was asking where we should eat is getting stressed too. See, in our relationship with our mate, in our relationship with our kids, in our relationship with God, sometimes, you ever think that you stress God out? But, but, see, guys aren't out of this equation either. I know some of, some of you are sitting, oh, I'm glad he didn't talk about us. See, guys may have trouble like this. When I get the decoys, do I get them with flocked heads or not flocked heads, but it's going to be more expensive. to get. Now, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. They're decoys for ducks and geese, okay? Which binoculars are better? Is paying 20 extra dollars for the camouflage binoculars worth $20? Indecision. I love these, but they're not in camo. Should I wait till they come in? Do I buy the leaf blower? Listen. Do I buy the leaf blower that blows 174 miles an hour? Or do I buy the leaf blower with the backpack that blows 208? Now, some of you are like, that's not, a, that's not, yeah, there's like a $400 difference. So before you say yes, 
Do I get the 55-inch cut or the 72-inch cut on the lawnmower? All guys in here would say 72, okay? It's indecision. What, oh, watch this. How about something a little bit? What color truck, what color vehicle are you going to buy? See, we get, we get tossed around with these decisions all, 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 our, all along. Our lives are full of choices. If you have your worship handout with me, flip to that first page. I want you, the title of the sermon is on top. says, which way do I go? The very first blank says this. Something that creates stress is indecision. Indecision is defined of not being able to make a decision. Okay? In between. Indecision. See, we, it, we think it's really, really funny to talk about places to eat and the questions that we ask and the comments that are made and the arguments that we get into. It's comical when we're not in that situation. When we're in that situation, it's extremely frustrating. It causes anger. It causes people's habits and hurts to come back up. It's very serious. Indecision causes stress. Stress can cause physical pain. God does not want us to stress out about things. He doesn't. What does He say? You know what it says in the Bible, do not be afraid. I saw this on Facebook this morning. It says, do not be afraid 365 times in the Bible. Do you think that's a coincidence where there's 365 days in a year? Is that a coincidence? Don't be afraid. Chill out. I got this. God wants us to seek Him through prayer and His Word. See, what we, what we study is God, God is not confusing. Nowhere in God's Word He says, well, if you can do this and this and this and this and this and this and this, then I'll tell you. God says, all I want you to do is I want you to seek Me with everything that you have, everything that you do, and I will show you. That's what He says. God's not confusing. I've had to do math problems that were beyond a page long for one problem. God is not like that. I don't have to do this many things or, or, or go this direction or do all these things. And all God says, I want you to honor me with everything that you do. Some of you have heard this, this story one time, but I had a guy from Connection come to me and he said, here's the deal, man. I, have, I, am, I am just stressed. I cannot sleep and I cannot eat. Young man. He says, I can't get my mind around what God wants me to do. You know what the first thing I said to him was? I'm so glad that you're even looking for what God wants you to do. When I was his age, that wasn't in my mind. It was all about what I wanted to do. And he said, I feel like God has given me a choice. Okay? Explain. He said, I could go this path, or I have the option to go this path. And he was talking about school, talking about sports. He said, I can go this way, and I can go this way. I said, so what's, what's the problem? He goes, I don't know which way to go. I want to end up, listen, I want to end up and I want to do what God wants me to do. I don't want to make the wrong mistake. You should have seen the relief that went over his head when I said this. If you honor God in this path that God's made available, and you do, in you, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If you honor God in this path of your life, he's going to bring you around here to where he wants you. If you honor God in this path of your life, that God has evidently made open just kind of for you to choose. And you do everything according to what God wants you to do. Guess what? You can't miss it. That's what God said. He's not confusing. God says this. Don't struggle with being indecisive. Listen to me. Serve me. That's what God said. Serve me with everything you do. I watched a girl. I'm so excited about this. I love volleyball. 
Okay, I don't coach high school volleyball anymore, but I'm from Edwards County. And if you know anything about Edwards County, well, they're going again for the third year in a row to the state tournament. Last year, their volleyball team was 41-1. and Not bad. They lost the state championship game. Woodlawn High School is 1A Final Four at the state tournament. And I know one of the players on Woodlawn who happens to be a phenomenal follower of Christ. Phenomenal. And I messaged her on, on Facebook. I said, congratulations. I know you're playing your super section. This was yesterday. They won it. They're going to state. I said, good luck. I said, keep hitting the volleyball as hard as you can and remember to honor God. She wrote me back this. She goes, the verse that comes to mind is 1 Corinthians 10.31. She says, I have it written on my shoes when I play. See, this is a girl. She's, she's an inch shorter than me. And she hits the ball like it's supposed to be hit. But she says, as good as our team is, I want to honor God. You don't see that anymore very often. And she says, I'm not going to stress out about this. Yeah, I'm anxious. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm telling you right now, from a sports perspective, you get into the state finals, it's all gravy. I guarantee you top four, top four trophy. They're big. Look at what Psalms 23 says. We looked at Psalms 23. It's going to be on the screen. If you have your Bible, we're going to, we're going to be in and out of this a little bit, but we're going to be in Psalms for a couple of them. If you, want to, if you want to flip here, I'm going to be here for a second. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Last week we talked about Psalms 23, and this is what David said. He, said. he said, God, I'm not going to stress out. I'm going to chill. David is writing here. He's saying that God is our shepherd. Listen, this was written a long time ago. You know what the cool thing is about my God? He's the same then as he is now. And he's going to be the same tomorrow as he is today. And that's the God, that's why we sing to him. That's why we praise him. That's why we seek to do what he wants. Because we find in this Bible that there are people that went through the same situations you and I went through. Well, we lost a mate. Yeah, they have too. Well, I've been hurt by somebody by, by this. Chances are you can find it in here. But David's writing, saying, God is my shepherd. Who are the sheep? Us. 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 The shepherd takes care of the sheep. So he says this, I have all that I need. If you don't understand the life of a sheep, they are completely dependent on the shepherd for three things. His provision, his guidance, and his protection. Biblical sense, if you watch sheep, if you're the shepherd, you have to protect them. There's stories of David killing wild animals that try to eat the sheep. God protects us. He wants to protect us. The New Testament calls Jesus the good shepherd. It also calls him the great shepherd. It coincidence? I don't think so. So if we're the sheep, we're not created to be frightened creatures. But just like sheep, we should be obedient followers. Because Jesus met these people where they were. Jesus met people in relevant ways. Yesterday we took $10 bills and we went to give fuel away. Relevant. Everybody that came in there, shocker, used gas or diesel. It's relevant. Everybody associates with it. When we see the good shepherd, we need to follow him. Look at Psalms 25.9. If you have your Bible, just flip over a page. If you're not, just look, check out the screen. It says, God leads the humble in doing right. 
teaching them his way. Now we hit the roadblock. If we're going to be talking about indecisive, this is the, this is the easy question. Do we, want to, do we want to follow God and get all the blessings that God has for us in this life? And you would all say, yes, absolutely, right on. This is where it gets hard. See, like getting up, are we going to go to church? Yes. What are we going to wear? That gets difficult. That gets shady. Where are you going to eat? It gets difficult. Right here, it gets ready to get real difficult because God says he leads the, he leads the proud and arrogant. He leads the people that have all the answers. He leads the people that have all the money. God said he leads the people that are humble. Humble is a hard word. That volleyball player, very humble. She's going to go on and not pay for school to play volleyball. Not where I was. It was all about me. This is all about... She is literally playing with 1 Corinthians 10.31 on her shoes, saying, I hope somebody sees it. She was interviewed, the first thing she says, I'm so thankful that God gave me the ability to play volleyball. We talk about being a witness right there. Humility is hard for us. Why? Why? If you were in Connect Group this week, we talked about this word, humble, being, having humility. It's very difficult for us because it requires us to put God ahead of things that we want. We don't do that well. Why? Because we live in an instant world. Listen, we have instant coffee. And we talked a couple weeks ago that we have drive, in this nation we have drive-through visitations. Okay? For like funerals. Okay? You can drive through. Everything's instant. I can take a picture with my phone and post it on Facebook. And I know, I know that you're, you're not going to see this. But just by a show of hands, how many people saw the pictures that I posted on Facebook yesterday? Do <laughs> you see this? We live in a world, instant everything. I can FaceTime one-on-one video chat with somebody in China like that. Everything instant. And we have to step back and say, God, if it's not your time, you have to wait. We put God ahead of our wants and our desires. I suffered for a long time with humility. I was an 18-year-old kid that, got a scholar, that was given a scholarship to go play a sport. My, I almost did not have, I did, almost did not get to marry the, the person that I married because of my arrogant attitude. That is not something that I'm proud of, but something that I want to be transparent with you, and I can tell you this. Young kids, young people, guess what? It doesn't work. I don't, I don't care if you think you have all the answers. I don't care if you think you're going to get drafted in the, in the 15th round of the draft. I don't care. God had a desire for me. He said, you can play for me, but right now you're just playing for yourself. Mary didn't even want to talk to me. She did not want to talk to me after we talked one time. She referred to me by my number. We had all baseball, everything. Okay, We were given clothes. And my number in college was 18. And she goes, well, there goes 18. She didn't even want to say my name. She wouldn't talk to me, I'm telling you. Because I knew all the answers. I knew she couldn't possibly tell me something that I needed to know. She couldn't possibly help me with anything in my life. I had it all going right. But God says this. He said, I'm going to lead the humble in doing right. He doesn't say, I'm going to lead the arrogant that you know of everything I'm right. Being humble means that you're willing to follow. We don't do that well. We don't. 
We don't. It is not easy for us to follow someone sometimes. Following somebody that's not doing the right thing, that's a different story. But I'm talking about if somebody asks you before church, Jack asked me to play rhythm guitar. And I told him, you can ask him later. I said, you tell me how you want me to play it, and I'll play it that way. I was trying to follow his leadership. I'm not the worship leader anymore. Just tell me how you want to play it. If you want to change it, let's change it. Cool. I'll play. There was a time in my life I would have never said that. That's mine. I've been doing this for too long. I got this. I know how to do it. Watch this. This is how we've always done it. We're always going to keep doing it this way. No. It's so hard for me to talk about. I don't like that. You ever think of these things in your life that you don't like to bring up? Oh, I, I really never struggle with that. I don't want to bring that up anymore. When we bring those things up, it helps other people. We have to understand that. When God brings us through something, He says, hey, I don't want you to waste that. Please remember how you felt here because there's going to be somebody that comes along right here that you're going to be able to talk to. Walk through them with life. Walk through it. Our thoughts of not knowing which way to go really, really mess with us. Which way do I go? God, some of us may be right there right now. God, I feel like I'm praying. I feel like I'm, I'm, just, I'm just talking to nothing and nothing's happening. I don't know where to go. If we can't control the situation, oftentimes we find some way that we can so we can have control over it. When you have control over something and something gets messed up, it causes you more stress. You see this vicious cycle? Look at the next blank on your worship handout. God wants you to know His will more than you want to know it. Woohoo! Some people come up to me a couple weeks ago and they said, wow, it's like you were preaching right to me. If you feel that, please listen. Please listen. I have to prepare the sermon. So God has an opportunity to talk to me first. I understand your feelings. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not me. It's God. God wants you to know his will more than you want to know it. Why do we not want to know it? Because it would require the C word. Change. No, 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 no. We can't do that. Mm -mm. No, no, no. We've always done it this way. We're always going to keep doing it this way. I've talked to Jack already. Mike used to talk to me. We're leading worship, and for some crazy reason, and if you like this kind of music, okay, I'm a fan of some of it. But if, if polka music suddenly took over Mount Vernon, I would consider God having a bigger sense of humor than I think he already has. But if that, literally, if that changed to be a relevant group of believers, Jack's going to find somebody to play an accordion. Guess what? Guess what? We have one. Ooh. Oh. Now some of you are going, please, Jesus. You're going to go, please, God, no. But God wants you to know his will more than you want to know it. Is this true? Sure it is. We allow our pride and our wants to get in the way. God, I know that you, you got this, but I'm going to go ahead and take care of this. Is, if Jesus is my leader, then we should ask in faith for direction. We should ask in faith for direction. This is what we should do. God, I really, 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 really have a hard time with that person at work. And I need to make it a daily decision that I need to show your love to them. See, that's 
what God wants you to probably pray. That's not what you want to pray. But we need to ask in faith. Check out the screen of Matthew 7, 7. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. Some of you are upset at this question because you think, you think, well, if God's God, we should just be able to ask Him one time. Do you know how spoiled you'd be if you had to ask God one time? If He never had to be patient? If He never taught you patience? Do you know how spoiled we would all be? This is not what God desires. He goes, I don't want you to be indecisive. I want you to trust me, but I want you to keep asking me the right questions. God, how can I change today? God, how can I be more like you today? How, how, can, I, how can I change what I'm doing to glorify you? When we ask these questions, we are demonstrating humility. If you, I'm telling you, there was, a, there was a time when we met in the primary center, and we played, and some of you remember this, I had a Washburn acoustic electric guitar, not like that thing, lower end guitar, and we played two video I worship songs with words, and I played two songs. And for weeks and months, I would call Mike and say, Mike, I just wish God would hear me. We need people to play. And he showed me this. Keep asking him. I would ask him on my, on the, where I, when I was driving. I would ask him when I woke up. I would ask him when I was reading my Bible. God, please send these people. Please send these people. Please send these people. Now we have to have a rotation of singers because we can't possibly fit everybody on stage. God says, I want you to keep asking. You have that, that person in your family you don't have a relationship with. That person may not know Christ. God says, I want you to keep asking me for an opportunity. Don't trust yourself. Don't be indecisive yourself. I want you to keep asking me. Ask me for directions. God wants us to ask for help. Look at James 1.5 on the screen. It says, if you need wisdom, all these verses are right here. You have these verses right here. Just mark them. Look at them this week. Okay? Maybe you're going through some of this stuff. It's come in very handy for me. Go back through these. James 1.5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. What's this wisdom? What's this wisdom? It is seeing life from God's point of view. Why give away $10 in gas? Because this person needs it. Because this person needs it. I died for this one too. This one needs it. When we see life from God's point of view, then we will find a, watch this. Here you go. When we see life from God's point of view, we will find a relief from stress. If Jesus is my leader, then it means that I will listen. We don't like to listen. But if we looked at the way our whole bodies are created, we have one mouth and two ears. Listen twice as much as you speak. Right now in this room, it's filled with probably some of your phones. We've got Wi-Fi waves in here. We've got radio waves in here. We've got TV waves. If we had an antenna, we could pick up TV waves. We've got light waves, sound waves. Anybody see them? Just because you can't see something, people say it's not there. 
However, if you have a radio or your phone, and you're looking at the, as the Bible app on your phone, chances are you're picking up those receptive waves. So they're here. If you have proper reception, you can tune in. See, a radio, if we had a, if we had a storm radio or a radio here, we could, we could adjust it and we could... 90.9, 104.1, whatever, 106.9. We could, we could pick them up because the radio waves are everywhere. They're here. Do you know why, you know, do you know that you were created with an internal antenna that is built to pick up God's wisdom and voice to you? You're built with it. He says, I want you to follow me. Watch. Watch. What I have for you is there. You have to be tuned into the right spot. Otherwise, this is how you're going to do, Matt. You're going to say, well, should I go this way or this way? Well, this one's going to benefit me more. I'm going to go this way. When God says, no, 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 no. I have another plan for you. See, if I don't listen, if I'm not in tune with that stuff, I become indecisive. It becomes stressful. I get in arguments with Mary. God designed us to hear His voice. Here comes the humble word again. But you must be humble enough to listen for God's information. We do not like this word. Because we do not like to be told what to do. We don't. It would have been very easy to me. Jack said, well, we're going to play it this way. I don't want to do it that way. I've never done it that way. What good is that going to do? It's going to cause stress on him right before, right before he leads worship? No, I don't want to do that. That's what we do with God. God, I've always done it this way. Yeah, because you never listened to me about this so far. God, some, some of us, God has been wanting to change for years. I wish you would quit. I've tried telling you, but you won't listen. We're designed to hear His voice, but you must be humble enough to listen. You know, out of the entire realm of creation, we're the only one. We're the only one created to be able to hear instructional information from our God. The only one. Some of you, well, the winds obey. Okay, I'm, I'm telling you, we're the only one created in creation that God has a plan for their life. That's it. We're it. We're, the, we're special. Some people will say this. God doesn't speak loud enough for me to hear him. So he's not there. I have heard God speak plenty loud. Some of you have too. If you don't hear God, watch this. Here's, here's, maybe, here's maybe three possibilities. If you can't, if you don't hear, maybe you have your receptors off. You know, maybe you went into your iPhone settings and clicked, mm, off, Wi-Fi, off. Maybe internally you went in and said, mm, switch off. I don't want to listen to God's voice, off. How about this? You have that option. He says, you're my beloved creation, but you have the option to do what you want. You can go in and flip that switch. And he tells us in here, I'm, he, God's like, I'm telling you, if you do that, you can't get through this life with your own stuff. You can't do it by your own power. Number two, well, number one, you, you may have your receptor off, you, you may be, have not become a follower of Jesus yet. Number two, you're away from it all the time. You don't listen to God, you don't listen to His Word, and you don't associate with His people. Listen, I'm telling you, it was a blast. 
at Connect Group last week. It was fun. They're awesome. I love people coming into my house because I live life with them. They're my family. I am not related any way like Griswold and, and their last name. We are not related in any shape or form. But I am closer to some of those people than I am my own family. Because we choose to live life together. That's what God says. He says, I want you to get together. So if you don't hear God, maybe, maybe you're not doing that. Number three, you're on the wrong channel. You're on the, the network of me. And God says, I want you to not be on the network of yourself. I want you to look at me. I want you to talk to me. I want you to let me make decisions in your life and you follow, sheep. Look at what Job says. Job 33, 14. God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. Job knew. Listen, why? Job was in tune. He understood. Okay? He never cursed God. And he was put through all kinds of stuff. His family's like, just deny God and let him kill you. Job says again and again. God speaks to these people again and again and people don't recognize it. If you have your worship hand out, check this out, next blank. Why do people not recognize God speaking? They're not tuned in. They're not tuned in. Why do people not recognize God speaking? They're not tuned in to God. Maybe you are a follower and you're just like, man, I'm just tired of praying and I feel like it hits the ceiling. How about this? When's the last time that you spent good quality time reading your Bible, listening, and asking God for Him to talk to you? Number two, are you listening and trying to find out what it, what it is God is saying to you? What He's trying to teach you? Oftentimes we don't like that because it means God says, Matt, I want you to change this. God, I don't want to change this. See, that's why we don't want to listen. Are you taking advantage of the circumstances God uses to speak? Yesterday, without that gasoline giveaway, we do not get to talk to the people that we get to talk to. It was amazing. It was, it was, I met a guy named, yesterday his name was Ashlyn. I talked to somebody, he, he looks like he, an identical twin to somebody that's related to somebody in connection. And I thought it was him. I'm like, oh man, I haven't seen him in connection. Maybe it's him. I get to tell him about, hey, we need you to come back, man. We miss you. And I'm like, mm, that's not him. But I would have never met Ashlyn. Probably. I met Ashlyn. He's got two kids. He goes, this is, this is cool. He used to have his car. He's 30. Two kids. This is, this is awesome. We're listening to all the circumstances. Are you trying to hear God through everything that you're going through? If Jesus is the leader of your life, then you have to trust. You have to trust even when you don't understand completely. I heard it put like this one time. One of the best, one of the best analogies I've ever heard. You keep climbing the staircase even if, it, if you only see the next step. Sometimes you don't even see the next step. You just step. You keep stepping. You keep stepping. God wants us, God wants to build our faith. We need to trust Him. You have to trust Him when you're even uncertain about the outcome. Look at Psalm 77, 19. We're talking about these waves that don't, that don't exist. Psalm 77, 19 says, a pathway that no one knew was there. Job just said, God speaks and no one listens. 
all around these people, all around us, all around these people around here, God is here. And when they finally get that right radio station, they, they pull into Jumpin' Jimmy's yesterday at 9 a.m., they hit that right station, and they're like, whoa, I didn't even know this existed. I want in. I want some of this. I don't, I don't doubt within the next couple weeks, we're probably going to see somebody that we, that, we, that we gave gas to. Because we're just, that's just different. When's the last time you went into Walmart, and as you walked into Walmart, they said, welcome to Walmart, here's a $25 gift card. You ever done that? If so, please take me. It doesn't happen. When's the last time you walked into Kroger? And I'm not getting on these businesses for doing this. They're businesses that have to make money. When's the last time you walked into Kroger and said, here, here's a $5 Kroger card. Enjoy your shopping today with us. We don't do that. That is so out of the... That's just whacked out in today's world. Why are you giving away $10 of gas to every single person that comes in here until you run out of money? You should have saw the cashier's face. Jumping Jimmy's. Their first time they've ever done it. We had some, we had some, we'd been working with some people that done it for two or three years and they were, man, they were on it. They're like, oh yeah, hey guys, come on in. You know why they were so excited? Because after we get up and pay them for their gas, Amanda walked in and for their hard work, we gave them $10 of gas. See, this is, you know, they're probably like, oh, I was just, d- d- what? <laughs> A pathway that no one knew was there. You might feel like you're at a dead end. Some of you this morning would say, if, man, if I could describe my life right now, it is like I'm just staring at this wall and I can't see anything through it. I, just, I can't beat on it enough. I can't climb over it. I can't dig under it. I can't go around it. There's just this huge dead end in my life. We need to practice Matthew 7, 7. You need to keep asking God. You need to keep seeking. You need to keep knocking. Because maybe that's not a wall. Maybe it's a door that you haven't found the keyhole to yet. See, God doesn't want it. He said, he said, don't back away from that wall and do what you want. I am trying to teach you something. I want to teach you patience. I don't like learning patience. Most of you don't like learning patience. It's hard. I don't, having to practice a hurt or, some, or a habit that I've been doing for a long time in my life and, and trying to practice the opposite of that is very hard. Because I've done it this way for so long. You might see dark and you might see despair. There is nothing associated with my God that has anything to do with dark. He's light. Around Him, darkness cannot be. I'll tell you what, if you have just a little bitty flashlight and it was just black, there was no clouds and you stood out on the highway, there was no traffic, you stood out on the highway, you could see a flashlight for a very, very long time. See, darkness has to run from the light. This is what he's talking about. Maybe you didn't hit a dead end. Maybe there's a spot in your life where God says, I want to work on this, and this is the only way, Matt, that I can get you to hold still. You don't think that I'm telling you the truth. I was a junior in college. I was sitting over 500 the first 20 games of our season, and God broke. God didn't break my arm, but I broke my arm in a game. Broke it. Season over. I was one game past being able to redshirt. Lost my whole junior year. I have, I, have, I have letters at home. We just kept them for fun. They're from the New York Mets. They're from the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. I was trying out for these major league teams. Okay, this is a big deal. And I broke my arm. Shattered. Shattered this arm. I have a four-inch piece of steel with four screws to this bone. If you do not think 
that God got my attention by having me in a cast that was my arm bent for 12 weeks. And we talk about humility. Talk about humility. I was in Kansas playing when I broke my arm. I didn't think much of it. I'm like, oh, I broke my arm and I'm really ticked off and my arm's broke and I got to get it set and I got to have surgery. And suddenly I remembered that I drank about half a gallon of Gatorade. And I've got an arm up here. Do you know how humble it is? I said, I, I've got baseball pants on. It took me about 20 minutes to do something that should have taken 30 seconds. Like I just, I'm like, I come out and I'm like, sorry. See, that's, God says, he told, I'm telling you. I didn't want to turn to him. All I wanted to do, I yelled at him. Mm. I was so angry. Mary picked me up from, from college that night. I came home. I, got, I grabbed my bag. She opened her trunk, and I just threw it probably here to that door. I just threw it in, in the trunk of the car. I said, let's just go home. I had to stay with her mom and dad because I could not functionally sleep in the twin bunk beds of my dorm room. I had to stay upstairs in Mary's brother's room for 12 weeks while God kind of got my attention. I said, God, what do you want to do right now? It's like you've already you've just pinned me to the floor. I can't do anything. I was here. God, this wall is too big. I can't get over it. I'm trying I'm just trying to get what I want, God. He said, Matt, you will, you will listen to me. <laughs> we read that God's the Father. I'm going to tell you something. He is. And that time in my life, I really honestly feel that God put me in that situation so he could teach me. Guess what? The next year, I didn't go back to college and play for me. He got my attention. He said, I, listen to me. You are not this talented at baseball because of you. Oh yeah, you put in the time. I gave you this. You do it for me. So I did. Things, watch this, shocker, spoiler alert, they worked out better. See, we, we want to be so indecisive, like, okay, uh, wall, what do I do now? I'm going to go this way. We have to stop, stop, stop. Stop picking up these things. Stop Oftentimes we know, if we're a follower, we know that this pathway is there. But our radio's off. I don't want to listen. I don't want to read the Bible. I do not want to listen to what you have to say. Why? Because it's going to be impactful on our life, and it's not going to be comfortable. Listen, I've talked about this before. In my time of really rebelling from God, I looked in this whole entire Bible to try to find some way that it said becoming a Christian, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, doing what I was supposed to do in God's eyes was easy. I looked for it. Okay, I looked for it. I wanted a loophole. I wanted a way out. God says, I have spectacular things for you to enjoy in this life and spectacular, unimaginable things after this life. But it's not going to be easy. It's, 11 of the 12 disciples died. Look at your worship handout. This is, this is things to not do. Don't do these things. Don't judge the path He leads you on. 
Don't judge the path that he leads you on. Oftentimes they say, well, I'm not going to get anything going this way. You ever thought that? God, there is no way you are going to teach me anything by vacuuming carpets. Some maybe said, God, there is no way that you can speak to me through pumping somebody else's gas. I'm going to tell you this. We had two people drive for over an hour one way to come and help pump gas. They do not go to this church. They are so impacted by our church planning training and what our church is being able to do in our community. They said, we want to come and help you so we can do this where we're starting a church. They drove for over an hour one way. doesn't matter who they are. They said this. They said, I'm not going to judge the path that he leads you on. If, you're, if, if, if you guys have seen God work at a gas station, I want to see it. I want to go. Number two, don't criticize. Don't criticize the path he leads you on. See, we do that, we do that so well. It says pay. It's okay. It's path. <laughs> Nobody ever has a problem with, with technology unless it doesn't work right. Okay, that's not a big deal. Don't criticize the path that he leads you on. We, do, we want to do this. Watch. I'll show you. We come to this roadblock. God says, I want to teach you patience. I want to teach you how to do this. I want to teach you this. Matt, there's a door in front of you that's not two feet. All you got to do is trust me. Reach your hand out. It's going to be there. And we say, you know what? This, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this because I know what this is going to lead to. I, this is, I, mm. God, you really don't know, understand what you're doing. And you go on. You, go, you criticize God like you criticize your sister. Like you criticize your brother. Like you criticize somebody in your family. You say, God, I, I, I don't need this path. I don't need to do this. We criticize. Don't do that. Number three, don't become impatient. <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Penny, Penny. Oh, it does it three times, right? Don't become impatient. He becomes extremely impatient. For Sheldon, everything has to work quickly. God does not operate like this. God says, sometimes you're going to see things right now. Other times you are going to have to keep seeking me. You are going to have to keep asking me. Listen, I'm telling you, I spent time with my wife on our knees and we were praying and we said, God, please, please, we know that this is the future of our worship. We need people. Send us. Then I, and, and it wasn't, I'm telling you, it wasn't two or three weeks and a lady came up to me and she goes, she, I mean, she was just really wigging out. And she said, Matt, she like backed up. <sighs> I may not be the most powerful singer, but if you want me to sing on stage, I will do it. I almost fell over. I'm like, wow. There was somebody that was right here that was just waiting on me to ask God so God could show them that they needed to do this. Sometimes we get so impatient. We get impatient with our kids. Girls, if you just do this, we wouldn't have to get upset with you. Listen, I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Some things they just have to learn. They don't know everything yet. So I have to teach them. Then the second and third time, well, maybe a little different story. But I can't become impatient with them if they don't know what to do. 
God says this, I'll be patient with you. You keep asking me. Don't give up. It's too easy to give up. Number four, God never makes a mistake. On everything, absolutely everything that I've ever read, I've ever done, God has never made a mistake. Oh, I thought he did. I thought he made a mistake in this manner. I'm not joking. I got done September 27th playing at Connection at the Primary Center, 2007. Walked out the building, carried my guitar. I'm like, Mary, let's go now. There is no way we are coming back to this church. These people are crazy. They meet in a school and they're weird. Now, I'm telling you this. I'm being transparent with you because sometimes people come in this church and they think, Holy cow, the people in Connection are weird. Yesterday they gave away a lot of money at the gas station, and I'm not sure what they're going to do on this fourth Sunday, but they take up money and they give it away. This is just weird. God never makes a mistake because it took us two hours, literally two hours, of talking back and forth. Mary goes, what do you think? I said, oh, these people are weird. I don't want to go back. That's all, all the way. Okay, we used to live in Robinson for two years. We drove from Robinson to here. For two years. Because guess what? God did not make a mistake. God said, I want you here. And he made it known beyond any shadow of a doubt. I said, God, I think you're making a mistake. I'm not sure why you have us going here. There is not a place on planet Earth that I would rather be right now. No place. My dad asked me, he said, what happens if you don't go to Connection? Because I, remember, I was talking to my dad about God being weird. Okay? God wants me to go here, and I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> Wrong person to ask, my dad's a pastor. <laughs> and he goes, well, what happens if you don't go to Connection? I said this. I said, Dad, if I don't go to Connection, some of you are seeing this happen right now. I'm not claiming to be a prophet or anything else. I'm telling you this right now. I told my dad seven years ago, I said, if I don't go to Connection, I'm going to miss out on the biggest revival of people's lives being changed that I might ever be a part of in my life. And I look across this place, and I know people that are working back there that their lives are not the same. Because God did not make a mistake. These people plugged in. They stood by the wall and said, God, I'll wait. Oh, there's pain. There's tears. Sometimes we want to be indecisive. So, you know, I don't I want to stress out about this. I want to go away. God always shows up. He showed up. Oh, he's going he's to continue to show up. There's going to be things that we're going to do in the future. I'm teaching people on third and fourth Saturdays of the month. I'm teaching them about connection. I'm teaching them how to plant a missional church. Not in a metropolitan area. I'm teaching them the basics of how to start a church. One of the very first things that I told them, watch what God's done in seven years. I said, you got to be a little bit weird. You got to be different. We're not going to be a cookie cutter. I often use that. We are not going to be a cookie cutter church. This church is not going to be a cookie cutter church. Oftentimes we come into this life and says, God, I think you're making a mistake. And he goes, I don't ever do that. I'm God. Last week we talked about, has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? You don't catch God off guard. Well, God, I'm thinking about doing this. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Now listen, I want you to come back here. The choice is yours. You can either go God's path or your own. 
But so much of our indecision is unnecessary. You don't have to worry about a lot of the things that you worry about. I understand it goes a lot better if I say, Hey Mary, you want to watch this movie? Yeah, I'd love to watch that movie. I know what she likes. Let's just watch that movie. And you know what she says on occasion? You want to watch Deadliest Catch? I do. She goes, let's just watch Deadliest Catch. And I find that same relationship that could have been completely negative and could have caused a fight, could have caused this, all of a sudden turns into this giving. No argument. A lot less stress relationship. See, the way that we lead our life is a big deal. Look on the screen for the very last, the very last verse. It's on your worship handout right there. The way of the godly leads to life. The path does not lead to death. You want to know how certain and how awesome our God is? The way of the godly leads to life. See, God says, I'm not confusing. I'm not confusing. You, you come to this thing in your life and you don't think that there's a way through it. All he says is Matthew 7, 7, I want you to keep knocking. I want you to keep asking. A lot of you are standing at these walls right now. Okay? And you understand that I'm physically, God is, God is talking to you right now. And you're saying, man, I've been standing at that wall for a while. And I can, I can honestly tell you, I've been at those walls. And God, I, I'm just reminded by scripture that God is not confusing. And the way of the godly leads to life. It is not a cakewalk to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It was not a cakewalk to stand out in 45 degree weather with wind blowing yesterday. It wasn't the most comfortable thing in the world to do. You know what? We still met almost 100 cars. God says, you follow me. I don't make mistakes. I always show up. God's reminding us, don't think you know better than me because you don't. Please don't try to give me advice. God can handle this. If you're at that wall today, I want you to understand God's there. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Keep trusting. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for the ability and the absolute privilege to be able to talk to you. God, we thank you so much for Our ability to have a relationship with you. God, the way that you can show us when those things in life are, are tempting us, they're tossing us, which way do I go, which way do I go, I'm so indecisive, and you say, I just want you to trust me. And if you do all the things that you're supposed to do for me, you can't miss it. God, I thank you for that promise. I thank you, God. We're not a church of perfect people, God. There's not one in here. Thank you, God, that you give us the opportunity to follow you. Thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen.